Yo, yo, what's up, what's up? What's good with it, homie? Chilling, chilling. How about yourself? Yeah, like I said, you know, in here, relaxing in my new new office. <laughs> so, it's, it's quite, quite nice, quite nice. <laughs> what up there, Dre? Hey. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yep, yep, yep. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Happy New Year, fellas. 2021. Yes, yes. Been a a while, but glad to be back at it. Yes, indeed. First pod of the year. Plenty to talk about. Ah, thank you for tuning in. To the real husbands of Riverview. We got my main man Vince and Dre. The gang is back. Oh crap. <sighs> fellas, fellas, fellas. How's life, man? Anything new? How you feeling about 2021? How did you finish 2020? Are you glad it's over? What's up? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was one of the people who didn't think all the madness was over. Like everyone kept saying, Oh, I can't wait till you know New Year's is gonna be the biggest New Year's ever. I'm like Who said because the calendar changed? Like everything is gonna be three sixty, you know. Idiots. <laughs> but just taking things one one day at a time. So I'm I'm good. Taking the good, the bad and just taking everything in stride, so True, true. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. How was your holiday, Dre? Uh, it was cool. It was cool. Um, I've been working from home majority of the year, but this was my first time taking like my computer with me. Um, we went to my father-in-law's uh, in South Florida. Um, and a lot of people had been doing that. Like, you know, my coworkers, like, oh yeah, I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to New York, and they're still working. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. when we get on, like, the video call, they'll have a different background. But right. I hadn't done that yet. I just, I had legit hadn't moved that computer or any of that since March. So I had to pack mm-hmm. a separate suitcase just for, like, the monitors and all that stuff. So that was really the biggest highlight to me. I mean, we got some good gifts and stuff, and everyone was happy. But just my first time, like, moving work and working from another setting for three days was was interesting. True, true. I did the same thing, man. That's crazy. I, my wife's brother lives in Houston, so I worked I think two or three days from Houston, and exactly like you said, it was just a different background. But and also it was an hour later or earlier. Uh, early. It was an hour early. Yeah. I had to get up. Yeah, I had to get up an hour earlier, but it felt like I got off an hour earlier because of just the time change. But other than that, you know, it's it's a blessing to be in a position to work remotely and all you need is an internet connection and you know, you got to give a shout out to technology. I was able to do my job and still be in Houston and this was a, a good Christmas for the kids. They really had a good time and you know, it was pretty much a reminder of what it's really all about, man. It just felt good to be in a position where 
you can conclude the year on a high note because personally for me 2020 wasn't doom and gloom for me and I got a knock on wood because I was able to work every day and still get you know bills paid and you know still enjoy it for the most part it was an adjustment but it wasn't as all bad as some people really suffered through and I just gotta thank God and be grateful for it employment my health and just the ability to be dad confidently and be husband confidently because lord knows it can it can all change yeah yeah i mean you had a baby in in uh oh my good 2020 and all the what was that thing Well, yeah, you you didn't have the baby, but a new baby, a, a new human lives in your house now. Oh, oh my goodness! Another mouth to feed, <laughs> and it's crazy. Like you said, like we've been doing this since March, and it's been almost a year. Like he has teeth, he's standing up, he's responding to different commands, and it's just I would have never been able to do this if it wasn't for the pandemic and. I always say it's cliche, but everything happens for a reason. Like I'm, I'm grateful, you know, to have had this time with him because I would have never been able to do this. Right. And mm-hmm. Watch him grow up and being there, and just it just it was it felt good to be dad at home and work from home. If that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, you're still taking care of what you got to take care of, but you can also take care of home. Mm-hmm. That is exactly. So that that's awesome, you know. And and like like you said, it's 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 all about looking at it the right way. You yep. Know, if you if you go into this and think about what you didn't get to do, then yeah, you're going to be down about it. But if you take the positives away from what what COVID is, has brought to your life, like you can come away from 2020 and and feel feel good about it. Honestly, like COVID probably saved a lot of brothers a lot of money. Oh if yeah. If you think about the things. <laughs> If you think about the things you didn't get to do or didn't have to spend money on, COVID probably was like your best friend because <laughs> it's been tight. <laughs> yeah, like I, like just just stupid things. Like I, I had to go to the dentist last week, mm-hmm. and like that's probably the first time I had to put gas in my car in like three months. <laughs> like. So like just things like Man. that, you know, yep. the barbershop, going out to eat, going stupidly, out to eat. like, oh my God, the money we spent on food and movies and like just shopping at the mall, mm-hmm. like, and then like for dates and like silly stuff like that, like things that you just was able to kind of just put on hold or blame it on, <laughs> blame it on the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, your birthday tomorrow? Oh, babe. Oh. <laughs> I had all these plans, but, you know, you can't go outside, so you know, we have to postpone that. <laughs> yeah, I had I had less than 10 haircuts in 2020. I, <laughs> five is a stretch, but I would say if I had to pick a number, maybe six or seven haircuts in the calendar year of 2020. <laughs> Oh man, so you know it, it's all about perspective, and you know COVID is not something to take lightly. But I'm I'm blessed that for the most part I've been able to stay afloat, and for that I'm grateful. Yeah, I mean yeah, the world I mean, needed a shakeup. Unfor- I mean, 
in no way am I thankful for people who lost their lives, lost family. But I feel like we, mm-hmm. we as in the world, had been operating as if, all right, everything is all good all the time. Nothing can ever happen. I'm secure in what I have. I was going to post this long Facebook status months ago, but I th- actually, I did post it. And you know how it is you post something for and you ain't getting enough likes and like all right (laughs) but but my theory my theory on that is the wordier it is the less chance it's going someone's going to receive it like if if i'm scrolling down my timeline and there's like a six paragraph i'm like i ain't dealing with this not reading this whole thing unless it's someone like i'm really vested in and that's my close friend or family member but like what it was pertaining to was like yo your degree your job your field that you worked in you being independent and having your own company none of that kept you safe from this like everyone who was oh yeah i mean i worked i i got a degree in a great field or i'm a you know how (laughs) on twitter they call it llc twitter folks who got their LLC and and own a business and uh, you know I'm I don't work for the man I'm I'm my own entrepreneur like even that didn't save you from it because they shut down all the businesses you got your own restaurant Mm -hmm. well they shut down the restaurants unless you was an essential worker you ain't got you better hope that they don't shut your job down and I feel like everyone's security blanket got taken away for the first time so you started to realize what you needed and what was important to you apparently we need toilet paper like that was the most important thing in the world and we need um hand sanitizer those are the two highest demands in in america for for what nine months but i i that's what i took from it is it made you realize what you needed what was important (laughs) weird funny comment i went majority of 2020 without wearing underwear (laughs) (laughs) but because i'm working from home and i'm not standing up or around anyone where that would matter right even even when i'm on camera like i don't have to stand up and be and like so what do i need to wear underwear for (laughs) yo we went out of town to tallahassee for my mother-in-law's birthday i forgot to pack a belt because i had not worn pants for six seven months because what i don't have to throw on slacks or anything like that i just wear basketball shorts even when i go to Publix or you know go to the gas station i'm just wearing the same basketball shorts i forgot to pack a belt (laughs) but you start to realize did i need these things or am i only doing it because of the setting that i'm in um so small things like that started to become more magnified through the pandemic Oh my goodness. <laughs> Talking about things being magnified, like spousal relationships for what's been going on 11 months straight, like being home every day. And in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, my wife, she was on maternity leave. So we were every day, all day together for the first time since ever. And you just pick up on certain habits and things and like, I'm in the shower and normally I don't really pay attention to stuff that she has in the shower. I discovered there's a thing called lash wash. For those that aren't familiar, my wife has eyelash wash in her (laughs) shower. I thought it was shampoo. (laughs) 
And I'm like, what is this? And I read the bottle. I'm like, who in the hell has lash wash? My wife. My wife has lash wash. I couldn't believe it. Like, the things you discover and see or notice, like, when you spend so much time together, like, it, it's crazy. Like, it's it's been refreshing to, I guess, like, reinvent your relationship or really get to know a person but the time that we've been able to spend together in 2020 is a year and moments that we'll never forget like bringing my son home for the first time introducing him to Stella for the first time our daughter and it was it's just it was a year of discovery for me personally um I was able to do some things creatively that I've always thought that I wanted to do and um I just like you said, Dre, it was a year that needed to happen. And again, I'm not trying to be insensitive to anyone who's lost anyone or anyone who's really suffering from the pandemic or the symptoms of COVID. But it was a necessary year that I think you had to resharpen your skills and rediscover who you are and who you wanted to be. So it was well, a necessary was gonna, year, I feel like. I was, I was going to ask, like, like obviously you, you, you your heart goes out to those that have, that have lost loved ones and everything like do y'all do either of y'all know anybody that, that had it that had it one of my co-workers yeah, like that, had it yeah my co my, my co-worker currently has it uh she's actually the youngest one um at my job i think she's like 26 or something like that um and yeah she uh currently has it right now she was actually just at the hospital yesterday. She didn't come into work today. Uh, but yeah. it was more de- dehydration and not wanting to eat. You know, everyone kind of gets different symptoms. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think she, she, she'll pull through. It's just the di- dehydration is pretty heavy. So she had to get IVs and stuff in her. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the significance of what symptoms my coworker had. But she had it. She was out of work for a while. And she couldn't, because I, I work in, like, the public setting, so she couldn't attend games and things like that when she was going through it. But she's back now, and she's working, and she's able to work games again. So I'm not sure how severe it was, but that's the only one I believe I personally knew. Um, yeah, for, for me, like, um, like cause now that I'm working from home, like, been working since June, but like we do still have people going into the office um so i get the emails when we have another case in the building so i've seen mm-hmm. those and like but they don't give no names or nothing like that mm-hmm. so i don't know if i if i actually knew any of the people that worked or got it but um my my great aunt um on my mom's side she actually um just found out that she had a ter- terrible circumstance actually she um she fell and um and ended up breaking her hip and Damn. that trip to the hospital was the only reason that she she, she, she found out it. she had it. um so obviously everyone around her is you know going through the whole protocols getting checked and everything like that so you know prayers are definitely definitely going up there uh, there in south carolina um but yeah for me personally like that's the only person was this recent i knew they got it yeah Not like that you are yeah, this was just just this week that, I, that my mom sent out a text about this. Um, 
and um like over over the course of the pandemic like we, um i forget forget what month it was but we um uh, we all had a zoom call because it was it was her birthday and i want to say it's one of those monumental it, it might have been a 90th birthday oh wow um so she she's up there and you know then for this so you know god forbid with the elderly this could be could be dr- drastic for her, but um but yeah that's the only only personal case that i've i've come across man i hope everything's all right man like yeah. that's that's the one thing about this whole thing that sucks the most is like my dad still hasn't met my son yet and because of the pandemic and like being away from home there's always a small feeling of guilt you feel not seeing your parents as often as you should especially during the holidays and now that i have my son and then the pandemic and it's like it would suck if anything bad was to happen so the first chance i get i gotta go home to richmond shout out to the 804 so my side of the family can you know meet my son and because his name is aubrey my dad name is aubrey and it's just one of those things that when like <laughs> give you some context like before i became a husband and a father like i just was i was just out here like i didn't really have much <laughs> like emotional attachment to a lot of things I, it was just me and now that i'm a husband and a father it's like i'm, I'm becoming a sap and I, I hate that part of this process like you you get so attached and your emotions get so intertwined with things and it's not just the surface value it's the feel it's the thought it's the consideration that goes into all these things now and like i want my dad and my son to have a a a strong relationship so it's Mm -hmm. just it's just one of those things that you think of because of the pandemic and people are getting older and people's health isn't always the greatest and it's just one of those things that I, i just think of and you know, I can't wait for the two of them to meet. So I hope your aunt, you know, does okay and put powers through and, you know, shout out to your family. Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping like, you know, sooner than later, because cause like that, that's again, the, the biggest thing that I'm missing about, about the, the virus is the family aspect yep. of it. Because even though, even though Shelly's family is here in Florida, like with her, with her parents being a little older, like we didn't we didn't go to see them for the holidays um and like my family we were all supposed to do a family cruise this year mm-hmm. for for christmas and that ended up being canceled so they didn't come down um so yeah it, it'll be it is, i guess with the last time i've seen my family was was thanksgiving 2019 2019 yeah yep um, so yeah, it's just just piling up and piling up. So hopefully, you know, things will will calm down sooner or later. Um, people getting this vaccine. Um, I know uh, one of my aunts in Maryland. Uh, she works at the court systems there, uh, so she got to get it a little earlier than most. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, you know, they start getting it out to everybody, and that'll that'll make some changes. So. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, y'all, what do y'all think about the vaccine? Man, like, ugh. I know that I'm not the most politically correct person to answer this question. 
<laughs> let, like, let it fly. So to keep it all the way 100 with y'all, I've never gotten a flu vaccine. Like, I think I got one once because Stella was just born and I think I had to get it. So maybe that was right. like three years ago. But outside of that, like, knock on wood, I know this is like a black man's life story, but I don't get sick. Like, and I know that's not nothing to right. brag about, but I, I don't really ever get sick. And luckily, I am take decent care of myself. But I'm going to get the vaccine because it's bigger than just me and my family. Like, I still most likely will have to transition back into an office with people and I have to interact with people. And I'm sure it's going to be almost mandatory to do. So I will take the COVID vaccine once it comes down to it. But I, I have my concerns and my doubts and my skepticisms. I'm sure like everyone else. Yeah, like that that's my biggest thing. Like I I have I have no plans to be first in line to try to get it. Cause like we we've only known about this virus this virus for a year. How how are we supposed to know any kind of long term effects of the, the thing to cure it or at least prevent it? I don't, I don't, cause I don't even know what the vaccine actually does. If it, if it cures it or if it just makes you not able to get it. Bro, what it there's does. no cure anymore. But, it's just treatment yeah. so you can keep... Cause they, so you can stay on a hamster wheel, bro. It's like, okay, now you got the vaccine. Then there's going to be a remix. Then there's going to be a pill. Then there's going to be an over-counter drug. It, there's nothing that's going to take anything away. It's just to treat it, right. to send you back and keep you coming back. So kind of like one of our first episodes where this kind of had first started, we had mentioned this isn't the first coronavirus. This is just a different strand of it because it's mm-hmm. been in the past. And I think during that episode, I had heard a rumor that Lysol includes like addresses coronavirus. Like if you could find a bottle of Lysol, which I just found it like somewhere <laughs> in there, it, it addresses coronavirus. Because it's been something that's uh-huh. always been around, similar to the flu. Like every year there's a flu season and there's a new flu shot. And I say all that to say, I think it's going to be the same way. Like there's going to be a, like we dealt with COVID-19. It's about to be COVID-20 or whatever, because there had always been other right. COVIDs before. But um, but I think that's essentially how it's going to be. Um, my family haven't discussed it yet. So we'll, me and my wife will probably definitely have a conversation about it on what we plan to do. Um, my opinion on vaccines, I work at a college and the department I work in is nursing. So I deal with literally, I'd say 40% of my job is, is vaccines or not even vaccines, immunizations is what we call them. Um, so my opinion about it is they kind of do work <laughs> as much as people have their like negative oh, yeah. views on it. So here's the best example I can give you. How many of us have had chicken pox as a child? I had it. I had it. In 1995, they came out with this shot called the varicella shot. And we all know kids now. Do do any of our kids, or do we know any kids that have chickenpox? When's the last time you heard someone get chickenpox? Like someone couldn't come to school, or I I can't come to work because my kid has chickenpox. When's the last time you heard someone say that? 97. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because they came out with this vaccine, and nobody gets chickenpox no more because it actually works um so hepatitis b like as soon as you come out the womb that's the first thing that you get now is the hep the hep b shot um but i think stuff like that goes unnoticed like 
like I said, we no one ever really talks about chickenpox no more because you get the varicella shot. And I wouldn't say it cured it, but I think it lowered the spread of it. And it's not something that mm-hmm. even happens. But yeah, I had chickenpox. My whole family had chickenpox. I remember like when it all happened. My dad worked at hospitals. He worked and he drove the ambulance. And he came home with chickenpox. My brother got it. My sister got it. I got it. I think the only person who didn't get it was my mom. Um, but to me, that was like a prime example of, you know, people are against it, but it, it is proof that it does work. Um, so, I mean, and I don't know the specifics of COVID-19 and this new vaccine, but there's a reason why why they're doing it and stuff. I know, you know there's definitely plenty of conspiracy theories like oh they want us to be zombies and stuff like that and there's even theories that you know politicians and life is going to be attached to it like you know in order to get your quote-unquote stimulus you're going to have to be vaccinated in order to go back to physical work you're going to have the option Mm -hmm. of staying home or not staying home but if you want to take advantage of of going to football games and like some of my friends jobs offer incentives to take the vaccine crazy thing is me and um lamont my line brother months ago had this conversation and he's like super out there with with theories and stuff like that (laughs) but he was like bro what if they attach it to to this and that and what if you know what if they all right you guys remember andrew yang he was running for president and he had a, a theory of um, universal basic income where everyone gets a thousand dollars a month, um, which this was way before the stimulus check. Right. This was what last two years ago when people were trying to get onto the ballot to be the Democratic nominee. That was his big push was universal basic income. Um, there's other countries that do it. And I think Alaska, there's a city in Alaska where they did it. And he was like, look at what we're doing right now. Like, we're literally doing universal basic income where there's no strings attached. You just get the money. But what if it's attached to, all right, we'll give you the money, but you got to get the vaccine to get the money. Or, you know, we'll cover your housing, but you have to, like, it, it kind of turns into like a welfare thing. I and mean, I don't want to go too far into it, but who knows where this thing goes? And I think, oh, it's always a catch. It's always a catch. Yeah. If it, if it seems too good to be true, it usually is. And, like, yeah. and that's where I come. Like, I'm always skeptical. Like, I work in sales. I've been trained to work in sales. Everything has a catch. There's always a loophole. Nothing is as, hey, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to walk away and never want anything else from you. It's always something mm-hmm. else. It's always a hook. And that's where my brain won't allow me to just dumb it down. Like, my brain is going to be like, what's the bottom line? And I get the vaccine and then, oh, I'm they're going to let me go back into the office. It's like, well, I've always was going into the office and I never knew if this person was sick. I had a coworker that would sneeze all the time. Like it was germs all over the place. And now the only way I can go back into the office if I take this vaccine is like, what are you injecting into me? And then I read stuff like how they're injecting people with little like <laughs> microscopic chips and they're following your day-to-day movements. Like it's just so <laughs> much out there and you're never going to know the truth because who's going to really research everything that is included in the vaccine or all the ingredients like you're just never gonna know so i'm just gonna hope for the best prepare for the worst and luckily i've had my kids that i'm gonna have and hopefully it doesn't infect me too much and live a happy long and prosperous life but we'll see i'm still scanning this lysol bottle for the word coronavirus (laughs) i wish i wish i could control f and just search for it but i can't 
So the other day we were talking about how there's a Jay-Z lyric for every mood and every feeling and I was wondering like do you listen to Jay-Z every day or is there just a song that comes on that just takes you to a place in a time like like what's your favorite Jay lyric, Jay song, Jay verse, um, anything that comes to mind? For me, my my favorite Jay song is, is song okay. five. Like you know, just the the storytelling in it, and then you got you got Mary J Classic. on it, like like that 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 record just and like instrumentally, like it's 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 just it's just great. Like I can't I can't do nothing, say nothing wrong about it. Um, and like for me, like, like to say I don't, I can't say that I listen to Dre every day, but I can't say I listen to anybody every day. Like, typically for me, unless I go on a on a tangent and like want to listen to a particular thing, I'll just go into Spotify, turn on my liked songs, and let whatever shuffle comes okay. on. So. But like, I will say that if Jay does come on, I'm not skipping. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, I don't know if I ever skipped a Jay-Z song. Right. Like, in, in my life. Like, I don't yeah. think I ever, like, man, I don't want to listen to this. Like, no matter what mood I was in, no matter what theme I was going for, I don't think I ever, like, I don't want to listen to this. To a Jay-Z song. My, I don't know if I have a favorite Jay-Z song of all time, but... When Can I Live comes on, it just it just takes me places. Like <laughs> like the delivery of the verse, the lyrics, like the time and place, the video, like it's just the beat, everything about that song. And it's a line where he says, I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. And for the longest time, I wanted to get that tattooed on me. Like, I just thought that was just the most brilliant quote of all time because it's just a reminder to just stop playing small, chase your dreams, be as big as you can because tomorrow isn't promised. And you got all these ideas in your head, all these dreams and all these goals and you reality kicks in and it's just like, that line it's just gonna stick with me I'm gonna teach it to my kids like I'm gonna tell them every day like be enormous don't play small don't dumb it down don't dim your light to let other people shine like be as big and grand as you can be cause you just never know where it can take you so Can I Live is just a song that I'm gonna play when I'm in my 60s and just vibe to it True. So I did find coronavirus on <laughs> the line. <laughs> it's actually at, on the back at the very top where it lists all the things that it can combat. It says use Lysol disinfectant spray every day to kill common illnesses uh, causing germs on hard non-porous surfaces. And it lists a bunch of stuff including like H1N1 and SARS and it also says coronavirus. 
Um, <laughs> so the guys didn't, the if the viewers didn't learn April, anything, they learned something today. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was one of those new labels. <laughs> but um, so similar, I am not a, uh, I'm not necessarily someone who has a specific Jay Z song, but Jay Z had different eras and different different places he was in life with different albums and different songs um i still to this day will hear something and it'll be like yo he, he said this <laughs> like he, he said this yep. like jay-z said that uh i always think about when he said uh, the only life of my only wife of mine is a life of crime like remember when jay-z was super bachelor like this he would never get married like yep and now he's like the ideal husband and the ideal father of three <laughs> and like Mr. Family Man. But I always think about that. Like, you know, the only wife of mine is a life of crime. <laughs> but um but uh I I think the 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 Jay-Z that I I uh, listen to the most nowadays is probably the the uh, reasonable doubt Jay-Z and the um and the what was the second album again? Oh, Streets is watching. Mm-hmm. Streets is watching Jay-Z. Like, cause that was the raw Jay Z. That was the, I'm talking about it, but I'm living it, Jay Z. Because, like, the facade of rap is you're gonna talk about things that you didn't really do, but it rhymes, it sounds good, the innuendos and all of that. Jay Z is one of the examples of no, he really did do it. He really did lose 99 bricks in the back of the car or whatever the story <laughs> is, and like everything he's, he's rapped about, he legit has done it. Like he told Nas. Um, I showed you your first Tech Nine, and people have co-signed that. Yep, he really did pull out a Tech Nine, and Nas had never seen that gun before in his life. Like he he lives what he said, and I think that would that was the rawest form of Jay Z. Speaking of today, while I was pulling in, I picked up Kamora from school. I was listening to What We Do Is Wrong. Even though um, what we freeway. do is wrong, still hmm. hustle till the sun comes out. I didn't even notice yep. he had a line where he was like gotta kill the witnesses because uh, freeway's beard is showing or something like mm-hmm. that like something slick like that like he's like we gotta kill the witnesses because freeway's beard is, is showing like he he was a, a a monster not was is and i don't know if this conversation stemmed from the whole um comments that funk master flex made but he said i heard, I heard Drake that, is essentially i heard that yesterday better than 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 jay-z i didn't get to watch i just that. i just saw that clip of him talking to um gilly the kid and yeah and yeah. like gilly the kid really reinvented himself oh my that's for goodness. another episode <laughs> gilly oh is hilarious out of nowhere hilarious. and like some people capitalize on moments and just jump in and ride the wave and i don't know what moment happened that's but he jumped beauty, in and he's riding that's the beauty of creating content like you would think it's oversaturated and everyone has a podcast, everyone has a topic, but the certain perspective is interesting. Like, Dre, you're from New York and your love of Jay-Z or interest in Jay-Z is different from my interest of Jay-Z. And I'm from Virginia. This is from Maryland. Like, everyone has a story and this open space and range to express that is captivating and Gilly the Kid has a unique story and this medium allows him to express himself in ways his rap music behind the scenes never like his personality, his over the top reaction to things, it it, it it works. So good for him. But like 
oh, I forgot what I was about to say about the comment that oh um, yeah like said about I, I couldn't Drake. believe like because Gillard was asking him like well do you have a beef of Jay-Z like Drake is great but I feel like we're prisoners of the moment like same thing about so I look at Jay-Z the same way I look at Michael Jordan like they are the reason why the people behind them are able to do what they're able to do that's why I gotta pay homage and respect to the people before you like you want to get a shoe deal you want to get endorsements you want to get commercials you want to be a global icon Michael Jordan did that and like in H to the OV Jay-Z has this beautiful line where he says Hove did that so hopefully you don't have to go through that like I showed you the way to yeah. make this money, to be this star, to do these things, to not be on this song, to not do features with this person, to beef with this person. Like, everything that Drake is doing, we've seen it before. And, like, Jay-Z perfected it. So, yes, Drake is having his moment now, but he, in my opinion, would never surpass Jay-Z. You can show me album sales, you can show me concerts, you can show me downloads and all this other stuff still Jay-Z did it Jay-Z started this whole music thing with his whole like it like Drake is great no disrespect to Drake but he would never surpass Jay-Z and same thing with LeBron like he's great he's doing everything he can do but in my opinion he would never surpass Jordan because Jordan did it first and I know that's not fair to Drake or LeBron it all comes back that's just because I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. I've seen this before. So it's like, yawn to Drake. And he's great, but he, he won't surpass Jay in my opinion. <clears throat> well, like, I think, like, they're just two, they're two different, because I, I, I agree with everything you just said, except for maybe <laughs> the LeBron part. But... Um, I think it's just it's just two different two different people like because we had this discussion in the group chat the other day like like for for as great as Jay is and like they said you can't you can't say he was wrong in anything that he did but like was there ever a time where you looked and said that, that Jay was the hottest rapper of that year like he, he's definitely he's in he's in everybody's top three but was he ever the top of that year? And the, the thing with Drake, and maybe it's just because it, it, Drake came up in this social media age where he's in your face all the time. And like Drake is a is he's a he's a a, a pop crossover because he gets his, his little R and B records. Like like he appeals to 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 more masses. Where Jay is Jay is more strictly your hip-hop heads and like now with Beyonce's help he crosses over more but like coming up when he was really putting out music like that I, I think that might be part of it 11 number one album I, I, <laughs> he, he's the <laughs> like he like I said you like I said he, he got him he started his like, own like he said, started his own the music hottest. platform he was part owner of the Nets. He's an agent. So Rock I aware. think it's it's hard to, to count. <laughs> I, I think it, it's hard to count like the success in like 
dollars and cents and album sales because we all know things get more accessible the numbers kind of change with time like five years ago i was listening to the radio maybe more than five years ago and someone had made an argument that kanye west was better than michael jackson because he already has more grammys than michael jackson um and like and kanye literally because remember he was a producer for a hot minute Mm -hmm. so if you add up all his grammys i Mm -hmm. feel like he was close to triple digits and then like michael jackson who was mr grammy had like 34 which at a time was a record but we all know now like one there's 300 more categories in the grammys than it was before like at one point there was no rap category so you can't really compare another thing is we would all uh, acknowledge that um uh marvin gay is probably one of the greatest artists of all time and he only has one grammy that i know of like (laughs) because they weren't giving grammys to black people you know at that one point so so it's hard to to count like the success in like sales and streams now because the artists today have way more access and platforms than when Jay-Z was selling Reasonable Doubt out of his trunk, you know, for 10 cents, you know? Right. So it, it's hard to make that comparison. Just like if you ever, not to kind of turn the knob a little bit, but like with, I, I, I was told by feminists that female is not a good way to refer to a woman. So, um, <laughs> women rappers so the term female rapper is like female is like you can address a dog as a female but uh women rappers like if you notice that trend maybe in the past 10 years nikki came in nikki that i know of to this very moment has still not won a grammy but she was always getting nominated and she was always winning like the bet awards mm-hmm. then i think dage loaf came out came out and had a, a good year but she didn't get the grammy then um uh all the way up remy mm-hmm. ma remy ma hit remy. the scene with all the way up she was yep she's gonna win it she's gonna win the grammy didn't win the grammy um and then cardi came out and she won the grammy even though she shouldn't have, nipsey should have won it but that was but like it was like you could technically say maybe the people before her were probably better like kim little kim is probably better than all of them foxy brown is probably better than the majority of them you know um Queen Latifah, uh, Lauren Hill is probably better than all of them combined. But like with more time, there's more access, there's more acceptance. And I'm, I'd imagine um, Meg Thee Stallion is probably gonna, you know, run amok at the Grammys. But that's just how times are. It doesn't mean that Meg is any better than, you know, Lil' Kim or Foxy Brown or any of them. So that's why, that's my spiel on the whole Drake versus Jay-Z thing. Like, I think the numbers are gonna be it. In, in Drake's uh, favor. Exactly. For the downloads and but, the streams. And these are all new but terms. Those are great like, areas. Streams and downloads. That's just a millennial term. Like when for me, yeah, like I, I wish I wish the music industry did still like to to go back and, and pick <laughs> up a CD. Like Bro, to have, have going to Sam Goody like, and Tower Records used to be the move. Like like that was like it was almost a date to go to the record store and listen to a CD and you put the headphones like it was an it was an experience and to me, yeah, you take the, take the what was the first CD that you purchased the first the one oh, that I world. went to the store and bought myself yeah <sighs> CD or CD thing? my dad had the doggy style CD <laughs> first cd i bought <laughs> man 
I'm trying to think. I'm, I know the first CDs I had because they were given to me. Like this girl in junior high school was like, oh, you want these CDs? But me actually going out and purchasing it because I wanted it. I'll tell y'all <laughs> after y'all answer. I remember the first CD that I like really, 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 really fell in love with. Like the first CD was a gift that I got. It probably wasn't my first one, but the first one that I remember was Get Rich, Die Try It. My dad bought me 50 Cent Get Rich, Die Try It. And the album cover, it had like 50 holding some shit. It looked like it was uh, Megan Good. And I just, from start to finish, I just couldn't believe it. And this was in 03. But I know I had CDs before that. I just can't think of which ones I had. But that one stands out to me the most. Was Get Rich, Die Trying. Like, 50's first album. Vince, you remember the first seat? Oh, you said Harlem World, right? Yeah, yeah Harlem World was the first Harlem one. Harlem Rise. No, that was 2000. Was it 96? Oh, I know it was, would have been, it was no, that, no, that would have been 97, 98. I graduated elementary school in 97, and junior high is when Mace hit the scene. So that would have been 98, 99. We old. Yeah, we old. Because Biggie died in 97, <laughs> and Biggie made songs with Mace. Mace. So it had to have been like 98, 99. I, I, right. You can tell I'm from Brooklyn because I <laughs> I, 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 I plan life based on before Biggie and after Biggie. Like, nah, nah man, Biggie died in 97. So, <laughs> so that must mean you carry the one. Baby. <laughs> but all right, so in junior high, maybe sixth or seventh grade, this young lady gave me i don't know why she just gave me the cds she gave me mary j blige um share my world <laughs> she gave me mary j blige share my world she gave me the drew hill cd it was, i don't know what it was called but it it's was a dragon it was purple and green with like a dragon on it yeah it was a dragon <laughs> and, um, um, and she also gave me the black street album okay the one with no deity okay. on it so those are my first albums I, <laughs> I had. The first CD that I purchased who, who was not an album. It was a single. Remember singles? I remember singles. Where it was just the hot single and then maybe two other songs, but it was like two ninety nine yep. for a single. The first single I ever purchased. I don't know if y'all even remember this dude. Dragon. Oh, I remember Dragon. Dra- <laughs> oh yeah. Rough Riders, baby. Dragon a single. I feel like most people would know him from the um, from the Rough Riders anthem song. Like he was like the Memphis Bleak of of Rough Riders. Like DMX was the Jay Z, and he was he the Memphis Bleak. He had one Bleak. top ten hit. Um, that probably the single that you purchased, but I remember Dragon. Yeah, and he was in one yeah. of the oh, DMX yeah. movies. You know that DMX had a run. Him and, him and, I don't know if it was Romeo Much or Die or something like that. Was in movies together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, and that's the but thing. Yeah, that was my first CD I ever purchased was Dragon, and then I purchased. I eventually purchased um, Jay Z's Rock La Familia, mm-hmm. and that was terrible. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. Okay, and that was my first full album that I purchased. Granted, it was a bootleg, but it was my first time buying purchasing like all the tracks and not a single. Mm-hmm. And I eventually drove. I don't know what's I up I with me. I, drew, I bought. Um, G Depp, y'all remember G Depp special, remember delivery? special delivery? 
It was like it was like twelve <laughs> remixes <laughs> to that song. <laughs> fish and spaghetti. <laughs> Ghostface Killer did a remix. <laughs> you remember Mr. Cheeks? Oh, do I? Yeah. So remember, I. <laughs> So, uh, for the listeners who who grew up with me in Queens, which would have been junior high and freshman year of high school, so Mr. Cheeks was in a group called Lost Boys from Queens. Yep. People, (laughs) mainly Queens folks will relate to this. There was a gang called Lost Boys, and it was pretty much his crew, but, like, it became bigger, and, like, people, just like people joined Bloods and Crips, they joined Lost Boys, and it was only, it was exclusively to Queens. Their bandana was the black bandana. It was huge in Queens from, like, 97 to, like, 2003. They, like, the scene from um, Above the Rim with the basketball tournament, Mm -hmm. like, they had a team in the local basketball tournament and he would come to the games pull up just like Tupac or Birdie like they had black uniforms like it was good. like Lost Boys ran Queens for a time and so when I moved to Florida he came out with that hit smash like lights camera action I'm sorry Miss Jackson remix like, y'all yeah, view this dude as, as this pop guy I remember when he was getting people <laughs> killed in the streets on Jamaica Avenue. And yo, now I'm in the spot where I want to be. Money spit, just in a bit in front of me. <laughs> Shout out to those times when music was just lost. So boy. catchy. From Jamaica comes in the name Cheeks with techniques from the streets and these rough neck beats. Who says rough neck? <laughs> Who says rough salt and pepper? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, Lost Boys, G Depth, Special Delivery, Dragon, Black. Now, keep Rock. in mind, during this time, I'm not purchasing albums from like Biggie and Jay Z and all the top rappers. I'm going with these C list rappers and buying their albums. I don't know why it was every doing. week a new rapper from every week a new because they had the hot single out of nowhere. Black Rob, whoa, <laughs> yeah, and they all went the bad boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, bad boy and got great for the Loon, Mario Winans. Yo, Loon, uh, I think he he got arrested. He was in prison for like like in the feds for a minute. Yeah, he, just got out. he became a Muslim. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. The industry. Sean. Oh my goodness. Sean had two of the biggest hits of all time. On the telephone, you heard my oh, yeah. voice. And apparently his he got extradited to Belize, which is where he's originally from. And apparently his dad is like the prime minister or a senator in Belize. Like he had clout, but it, I guess it didn't mean anything in the United States. But um, but yeah, CDs, man, yeah, CDs made me fall in love with music. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you, can you you come up? You got the the binder full of them. Then, then you could you could burn your own, so you oh, made your own mixes when, with the with when the... people started burning and Napster and Bear Share, Lime Wire. Shout out to Lime yep. Wire, putting viruses on computers all over the place. <laughs> that ran my computer in college. Oh yeah, like I, I had three Bro, laptops that just got eight eight alive when Pharrell and Jay Z. Sharing Jay Z dropped front. I had that shit on every CD I could find. 
Friend was like my anthem for like six years straight. Every time a name was brought up, I would act all nonchalant in front of an audience. Like you were just in the shorty. I put the knot, man. Don't even get me started. Uh, the good old days. There's a there's a there's a there's a uh, listener who was born in like ninety eight who's like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like ninety eight. I had shot a few people in NBA. Oh man. Man. Speaking of the NBA, big, big trade went down today. I know I know for <laughs> Dre he garbage. doesn't care. Lakers in five is his motto for the twenty twenty one year. But James Harden, <laughs> what did they say last year during the NBA Finals? It was like, damn, man, like, yeah, Heat just ran through the West. I mean, they ran through the East. They knocked out Giannis. They knocked out the defending champions. They got that young boy who's the uh, hero who's doing real good. With all that being said, <laughs> Lakers in three. <laughs> Lakers in four. So James Harden went from the Rockets to the uh, Nets. Oladipo is now on the Rockets, and Jared Levert. Uh, Karis Car- yeah. Levert is he yep, is he in went, Indiana? No, no he, he went, went to Cleveland. Cleveland. Somebody went to Cleveland. Oh, was it Jared Allen went to Cleveland? Yeah, Jared Allen went to Cleveland, and I think the Rockets got. Three first round picks or four first round picks? That's four first round crazy. picks, yeah. And like, I don't know if James Harden is worth all that, especially in the shape that he's in and then the climate of the Nets. Like, that whole situation, like, I just don't know what to make of it. Like, it'll be a different story if Kyrie and KD were like, both on the same mindset with Kyrie missing in action and just taking days off and Stephen A. Smith saying he needs to retire and then I just got traded here. We're trying to win a ring and the focus just isn't on basketball and it just sucks because they put this team together. Steve Nash is the first time head coach. Like it's just so much that's involved and when you make a trade like this you just want to focus on ball and you can't because Kyrie's taking a sabbatical <laughs> and he may be in more trouble because he's getting caught taking photos with no mask on at parties. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I know the NBA allows their players to have so much power, but at the end of the day, you gotta hold people accountable and there's a certain respect you gotta have for your craft. And I don't know what's going on with Kyrie, but it's not about him. He's letting his teammates down and this is a big year for the Nets because you're trying to put it together and if you're going to try to beat the Lakers you can't like LeBron didn't take a week off to go take his son to Africa or to, like LeBron has missed birthday parties he's missed so much and he sacrificed so much but he cares about ball and for Kyrie not to have that same mindset being a younger player it's just it's almost frustrating he makes 34 million dollars like he, he's He's too old to have that mindset. And he... 10 years. Like, he's 10 been years. in the league. I don't know how many years. So, yeah, you give him 10 years. He, he's got a ring. So, he's tasted championship. Like, at, at the end of the day, you got to decide, like, are you are you about exactly. championship? Or are you just about and, collecting a check? And, and 
no fault of no fault of them if that's if that's what he is. But like like you're saying, it's it's not fair to the to the rest of the team that's there. Exactly. Like know, even though James Harden wanted things. to be out of Houston, he was still showing up balling. Like I know his numbers weren't there, and people talking about him being out of shape. But he showed up that first game and dropped like what fifty seven, the first night, like, and he wanted out. He didn't want the coach. He didn't want to be in the. He didn't want the roster. Like he still showed up and balled out. So for Kyrie to do this, it's like, dude, like, because now it's not about just the team. It's about how your teammates want to look at you. Endorsements, like, it's bigger than just I need some time off. And then to not tell anybody. That's another thing. It's like. I could see if he would have told somebody, but to just go missing in action and having people speak on your behalf and not know what's going on, that's just that's just unprofessional, and I just don't understand what he's doing. Yeah, remember our Black Lives Matter episode where they were talking about a bubble and they were talking about doing mm-hmm. another league, and he was the one who was on some no, we're gonna make our own black league or <laughs> <Yeah>. something like <laughs> that. <laughs> He is on a, another, and I don't really know all he the is details all, of it. A different individual. Uh, I'm, I'm just now getting more information about like him. I think it was his sister's birthday party, his little sister's birthday party, or something like that. Um, that he was dancing without a mask and stuff in a public setting. But to address the net situation, LeBron's blueprint of control your own career, control your path, control your destiny, because that has been the new NBA. One that's over now. Um, and Giannis is a, a good, good example of that. No, I'm just going to be loyal to my team. Like, I'm not going to have my team mm-hmm. waiting in the wind to go somewhere else and bring other people with me. I think that 10-year span is now done. A lot of people did it in these past 10 years, and only two teams got championships to show from it. Like, just Le- LeBron-led the teams and the, and, the, and, and the Warriors are the only people who got rings out of those those 10 years. And, you know, so I think Spurs jumped in with one and um, – and Toronto got one as well. But LeBron started yeah, that, that kind of, of all right, I'm controlling my destiny. I'm doing these one-year deals with every year I get a player option, so I'm a free agent every year. I'm going to where I want. Yeah, I'm bring the coach. And now Brooklyn is the big gumbo pot of that. We picked our coach. We picked the coaching staff. That whole team is pretty much the 06 <laughs> Suns because mm-hmm. uh, Stoudemire's there. Um, Tony's <laughs> there. Nash is there. <laughs> um and I mean, it's, you're bringing in the D'Antoni's MVP in Harden, like so. It's it's pretty much just that same seven seconds or less offense. Um, you bring in plays that you wanted to bring in. If I'm not mistaken, DeAndre was in on the whole "we're going to Brooklyn" thing mm-hmm. two years ago. But it's all like a mess. Exactly. It's not as structured as the LeBron, the clutch sports type, you know, thing that we've seen in the past few years. And I think that's that's their s- scenario. With uh, with Kyrie, um, I, funny thing, I, I had talked about this in another group meet. I was uh, like, everybody goes through a hotep phase at some point where you're just like super back to Africa and wearing dashikis and stuff. Like everybody has that phase at some point. He's just going through it while he has money. And it's very rare that that happens because typically when you go straight to money, like screw the whole back to Africa stuff. Like you rarely see people do that. Like you can count on one hand, like Ka- Kaepernick, um, Jim Brown, who did that whole. But he is, I don't know where he's gone with this, and him having money and power, and being accomplished and being young 
is like a deadly combination. Bro. So I, I don't even know bro, where his head is at. on Instagram. Kyrie got a fucking feather in his hair, bro. <laughs> like, he is... He's, and, and maybe this is growth. Maybe this is where he needs there, to be. Bro. If he was a, had worked a regular <laughs> nine to five... If he worked a regular nine to five, we we would probably view it different. I think the the, the influence that he has, like kids look up to him. Kids go to like there's high school kids that are buying basketball sneakers for the first. But that's time, the thing. Like, Mom, get me that's the Kyrie. thing right there. Like like he enjoyed the celebrity of being a ball player, number one overall pick, NBA mm-hmm. champion, went to Duke. He played eleven games at Duke and was drafted number one overall. Like and got number one pick. I I was one of the skeptics <laughs> on him. I felt that Rubio, like, Rubio was better. He enjoyed because that's the thing. It's like you can walk that fine line and you can grow up. Okay, I'm gonna be Muslim. I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna stick to the black. Like he could do all that, but he didn't. He jumped straight into the fame and the celebrity. And you can't say that I didn't know. Like he did know. Ross Strickland is his like godfather. His dad played ball. He went to Duke. Mm-hmm. Like, Duke prepares you for the spotlight. So, I don't care about him. Fi- like, this is a midlife crisis that he's going through. I don't know what's going on with Kyrie. And then he dated, like, famous celebrities. Like, he dated the R&B chick. Like, Kyrie isn't now just finding God or finding himself or trying to be pro-black. Like, this is a distraction. And he did all this after he secured the bag. This was when he... Because he showed up for media day. Normal. He had his new shoes. He took the photos. He was happy. He got KD. Like you said, they got their coach. And then 12 games into the season, you just going to not show up and not say anything to anybody? Like, I get that players have control. I get that. And there's not anyone there that's going to hold them accountable. But if this was old school, like, one of my teammates, like, they got to, like, have a sit down with him. Like, bro, like, you messing up my bread. You messing up my money. Like, I came here on the idea of you, KD, now we got Harden, and then you're not here. You're missing practice. You're missing, like, to win a championship, like you said, it has to be a smooth transition. You just want to focus on ball. Now we got to worry about, is Kyrie here? Is Kyrie not here? What's going to happen tomorrow? Like, there's too many unknown things, and to me, they're not going to win a championship. This is going to be a wasted team, a huge waste of money. Like, KD makes over thirty million. Kyrie makes over thirty million. Harden makes like he has like hundred and thirty-three million dollars left on his contract. Like, this is a huge disappointment, and it's not going to work. The Nets will not win a championship with those three as their main players, and I feel sorry for. I don't feel sorry for Steve Nash, but it's like it sucks for Steve Nash that he's not going to be able to deliver a championship. So this is just a waste, in my opinion. Nah, that doesn't suck for him. Nowadays, new coaches just get thrown into championship teams. Like the last three NBA champions have been first-year coaches. Like um, Steve, Steve Nash Kerr. won a na- uh, Steve Nash. Steve Kerr won a championship his first year. Nick Nurse won a championship his first year. And technically, this wasn't. Um, Vogel's first year, but it's his first year with this team and he won a chip. So I don't feel sorry for any of them. No one's building teams anymore. They're just jumping into something that's thrown together and getting a ring out of it. So um, I used to be this compo- uh, proponent of if you have a ring, you're unfireable. <laughs> but they just fired. Um, they no, just Peterson fired. Uh, what's the. Uh, yeah, Peterson and uh, basketball wise, yep. um, Doc yeah. Rivers. Like. 
in because in the NBA there's so few rings because there's literally a, five coaches ring. that literally had all the rings. Like you can't really what what can you do? Like they brought you a ring and there's only ten people who have them. Like Popovich, Jackson, um, uh, Spolstra, um. What's the slick hair dude in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Riley, Pat Riley, like and Spurs Kirk, coach, who just racked up a bunch. Literally had Spurs all the coach. and Popovich. Yeah, Popovich and um and Rudy Tomjanovich literally had all the rings <laughs> from 1980 all the way to like 2014. Like I kid you not, because and, and Pat Riley, not Pat Riley, Jackson coming back every decade kept getting rings. So it was taking away from other coaches. Like George Call has no rings because of these guys. Um and it made them unfireable. Like Rick Carlisle, what, has made the playoffs twice since since they mm-hmm. won the championship in 2011. And he's like he's his job is secure. Him going six games last year is like so impressive in the first round like oh my god the Mavs are back like I feel like he has another five years with that team just based on the fact that he took the Clippers yep, six and games him and Luka and Porzingis they're the future yeah yep but um yeah. Luka about to be the so hence why I don't feel sorry for these coaches now like you're jumping into a, a sweet situation meanwhile Mark Jackson and um and uh my boy from New York, um, Van Gundy, can't get a job. And I, I, I like Mark Jackson. I do. But I don't know if he wants another job. Like, I, I think he's... Yeah, I don't think so either. I say, I say that, but I don't know if he wants... I, I think like he does. I don't, I don't, think, think, I don't so? think Van Gundy does, but I think Jackson Do you, do you really think job. it's because of, like, his beliefs and, yeah. like, his religion that's preventing him from... Like, do you think he's, like, legit blackballed? No, I don't think he's blackballed. I think I think he got forced out. But the NBA is the most progressive and open league that there is. So to say that he's blackballed in all thirty something teams is a stretch. Like I feel like there's a team that would take him just to be like, no, look at us. We're the progressive team that was okay yeah. with him and his beliefs. But I think he definitely did get forced State. out of uh of Golden State. But no. And I mean, it, it might be that he he's just looking for a a certain job, and maybe that's that's what what hasn't brought him out. But I, I think if the if the opportunity presented itself and it was one that he wanted, he he definitely does yeah. want to be a coach because of the way he was forced out, like he felt like he has unfinished business and like not for nothing. Like yeah, rings could very well. But be Steve not gets him. a lot of credit for you know? putting. David Lee on the bench and bringing up Draymond and according to everyone else, that's all they wrote. That's all they needed to do. Well, I thought it was he benched um, Andre. Hmm. It was and put Draymond. And David Lee was starting like the because David Lee was Army out man. forward. And yeah, he put David Lee to the bench and he started Draymond because Draymond. That was the year before. Well, didn't that David was the year Lee before. Get, get hurt, I though? He had got and hurt. Put, put him on the and bench. And then he came back the following year, but it was the same year they drafted Draymond, I think. And then just Draymond was just a Swiss Army knife, an undersized forward that can pass and defend. And he was kind of quick. Yeah. Two His stats are ugly, but <laughs> what he does on the floor. Yeah, he can put up Andre <laughs> Campbell's stats. So to switch gears a little bit. 
Yeah. We got to talk about what happened at the Capitol. That was huge last week. <laughs> Tallahassee? Okay, then. Um, with, you know, the, the, who knows, whatever groups attacked the Capitol. Like, the biggest thing, like, people are like, how are these people not being shot at or arrested? It's like, my biggest thing is this, like, those things didn't happen because they were invited. Like, this was like a plan. Like, thousands of people can't storm DC on some random stuff and not no one gets shot. Like, if me, you, you, and you, and you all went to DC, we would all probably have the worst happen to us. This was an invitation, and the images and videos that we saw, like, someone got killed on the steps. I think it was a cop. Did y'all see that? No, nah, I heard five people uh, died. I know the young know, the lady died. It was, was, was a lady that was on the camera, veteran. but uh, but I did hear five people on the steps. Die. The people they had those flagpoles and whatever else they had in their hands, and they beat a cop to death on the steps, like of the Capitol. And I'm like, you see the videos now of them being arrested and getting knocked, getting taken off planes and getting kicked out of airports. But it's like, how did we let this happen? Like. Not we as us, but like as a people, like how do how did this even like that's just it's it's crazy to me. Like I can't believe that this even occurred. And the things that was going on, they they stole the podium. They're sitting in people's offices, putting their feet on desks, like right like how? I can't just storm in anybody's office and building and just post pictures and be like, this is what I'm gonna do. Like they had no fear of any type of consequences and it's like that's the highest level of privilege it's it, it's it's really shocking to see like because like um i forget what i was listening to but like they was talking about like if you like go in front of the white house and like you touch the white house yep. fence, like you got people checking on you like and like so for to allow these kind of people all the way in the building and to do what they're doing in the building like like i I don't want to get into conspiracy theories but like you you gotta believe that you know this is something that's planned and they're allowing for it but like it's 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 really sad and like you said it, it does point to to privilege and I know it's it's a hot button in our in our country and it's hopefully it it will die down at some point because things got to continue to get better but it, it really really it's it's, it's terrible yeah. like I, I can't I can't even put words to it it's like a scene from a movie but it's like this is real life and then to have the person with the yeah. title of president say on live TV these are good people like what like <laughs> they're pandering to the voters that he's hoping he's going to get four years from now because that's all he's doing is like well, if I can get another shot I'm going to need y'all still in my corner so I'm going to still <laughs> pat y'all back he was patting all their backs when he thought he was going to get their votes to win again uh, and it didn't work, but he, who knows? Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna take a step into the Kyrie Irving <laughs> realm, and I'm gonna put my Hotep hat on. And um, <laughs> and y'all know uh, Umar Johnson. If you notice that Umar Johnson always repeats himself, like, <laughs> like he repeats everything that he says, like uh, like America was built on racism. America was built on racism. <laughs> like, I'm gonna jump into that that realm right now. But I, I, I used to say I hate to pull the race card, but there's no card to pull. It's a they're showing their hand at this point, um, and they've always showed their hand. So I may have referenced this on a, a prior episode, but the day after uh, Donald won in 2016. I don't know if it was North Korea or South Korea and their magazine, not magazine, their national newspaper said, well, I'm, a, I'm interpreting what it was supposed to say because I can't read Korean. It said, angry whites take back America. And that was the biggest epiphany that you could have had of what's about to go on and what has been going on. America had gone through a lot of change. Inclusiveness is the word that we use, being inclusive and diversity. Uh, African-American president, um, female Woman. running for president. Oh, well, I just use the word female. Woman running for president, <laughs> right? Um, uh, Same-sex marriages being federally uh, allowed. Marijuana use being uh, allowed. Um, funding for his- historically black colleges. And it was like, whoa, this is not the us. This is not the America that we thought we were. It wasn't this inclusive place. It was an exclusive place where people look like us were advancing so and that so that that title of angry whites take back america it was like no america is changing too much that's not the america that we knew about in in 1776 that's not the america we knew of during the reagan era and they took back america hence why they made america great again right take it back to those days the good old days where it wasn't good for the different people the people of color the people with disabilities the people who are same-sex marriages or lbgtq community like all those people it wasn't good for them and now that it became good um you know the others which are unfortunately white people did not like it um and this that's just a prime example of what happened last week is just white privilege like uh who was it in i hate that i'm terrible with names and it's simple names that everyone knows um geez knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds George Floyd. Jeez, I was going to say Jacob Blake, but it's unfortunate that so many of them have happened. I can't even keep up with the names. Um, But um, after that happened, remember, everyone was protesting. People were marching and everything. I remember my wife was sitting behind me and she was like, you want to go to the one in Tampa tomorrow? It was a Saturday and the next day was Sunday. 15 minutes later, they were at University Mall going nuts, breaking into the mall and stuff like that. And you saw what happened. People got arrested immediately. They put out hits on people. People was getting slammed on their neck. It was intense. But this, what we saw last week was literally just, hey, we're here. We're going to climb the walls. We're going to take pictures. Buddy got into Nancy Pelosi's office and took a letter, read the letter, took a picture with a letter, posted it online. <laughs> like, Just like you said, it seemed it like was. they had it planned. And I'm like, it if anyone else or any other demographic had done this, let's say 
10,000 Muslims do this. We're going to war with Afghanistan all over again, even though Afghanistan wasn't the country. Like if, if 10,000 African-Americans do this, like Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, but they do it and it's all good. It's just, you know, we're, we're starting a revolution and blah, blah, blah. Like there was no purpose to any of it. Like all the shit that we talked about with the looting and stuff like that, like, hey, this is just chaotic. There's no purpose. What are we solving? What were they solving by climbing the Capitol? What were they solving by taking flags and running around and skipping and stuff? Literally nothing. It was just calamity. It was insane. Apparently, it did help the stock market, though, because there was a lot of stocks that went up. But, but it like it was just insanity and I, I guess what I'm leading to is racism has always been personal in America like racism is is a per it's not you just happen to look different from me so I kind of have some implicit biases towards you it's literally personal um, this is going to seem completely left field but um we, I, I hope the majority of us saw the movie about Nat Turner. It came out a few years ago, mm-hmm. highly controversial, um, mm-hmm. and it had Nate Parker in it. What was it I called? Think of Something name, about America. I did see the movie. At the end of the movie, because it was a biography or a biopic, they mm-hmm. said, of course, he was hung, uh, castrated, and they used his skin to make purses for people's wives and to use as soap that's how personal racism is in america like it isn't just you're different from me i don't care for you it's even when you're dead i need you to suffer and i need to make an example out of you like and i think that's how personal it it is like when when we say man if this was black lives matter it wouldn't be like this if it was you know all lives matter like at this point the people who joke about all lives matter are just trolling us because racism is personal. They understand what we mean by black lives matter. They know we're not saying your life doesn't matter, but they know it's going to trigger us and make us feel some type of way because racism is personal. What they did in the Capitol is going to trigger the people of color because on Twitter, we're going to be complaining about, man, if this was us, it wouldn't have been like that. They know it wouldn't have been like that. And they know they're going to go back home to their corporate jobs and I mean, they've been getting caught this this time around, finally, and getting arrested for this stuff. But it's it's personal. It's I'm going to show you that I can do it. And if your demographic nope. does it, it's not going to work out. You're going to be called savages. You're going to be called terrorists. You're going to be called fools. We're going to blame it on the welfare yep. and the lack of fathers in your household and all that other stuff. But when you when we do it, it's a revolution. We're taking back our country where we're we're. we're standing up for what our forefathers did and blindly cover it up with you know it's it's a revolution and all this other stuff no it's just personal you're letting us know you're still in charge and when we do it we're not in charge and uh, sorry i took all all around the world there but that's 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 how people feel that's exactly how people feel you said it um very very well said and it's definitely frustrating because there are two Americas and the America that this is a melting part where everyone gets along isn't a reality for a lot of people and what happened on those capital stairs showed us that like you said a group of us can't do that 
and it's not the fact that we can't physically do it we know damn well what will happen if we even like if i was to show up in dc wearing a helmet on my head with horns coming out of it with no shirt on tattoos showing i shouldn't expect to come home to my wife and children Right. We wouldn't even mobilize to do that. The fact that th- this many people mobilize from all across the United States and organize like, this, we wouldn't even put this together because we'd be too scared. <clears throat> and and, right and that's the so, thing. Because we would we, die. Uh, but we wouldn't would even put together a group to do that. The consequences of our decision. We, like, all three of us could be lawyers. We know the law better than most people who work in D.C., because we know the risk. We know, and then other people don't have to have that same understanding of consequences of their decisions. Because there's someone to bail them out. There's someone there to, you know, take the responsibility for them. I can't afford to make that mistake or to risk my life on doing something like that. Because, again, there's a chance that I won't see my children and wife and come home to my family again. So... It's it's just the reality of the situation. Was I the only one who was... This sounds like an oxymoron or whatever the term I'm using. I was disappointed in America in 2016 when, when Homeboy got in office. Because I always believed in the democratic process of the good guy will prevail... Um, and there's been occasions where, damn, I didn't think he should have won. I don't think Bush should have won or blah, blah, blah. But we'll, we'll make it through. And it's not that big of a divide. He just views things a little bit differently. Like what happened in 2016 when they empowered this man to be the leader of the free world was a big slap in the face. It was America being spiteful towards, once again, people of color. And like it hurt me to the core. I was like, man, like I grew up thinking the good guy's going to win. And the good guy lost really bad this time, and we're getting laughed at. They started coming up with terms like, like, oh, are you triggered now? And and like libertard, calling liberals retards and stuff. Like it was just like a, a slap in the face. It, it was like th- th- that party who won didn't care that they won and didn't care about the results of how America was going to look. It was just, haha, y'all voted for him because he was black. And we told, we proved to y'all that we can take it back whenever we want to. We don't even know this buffoon who's in office. We have no clue what he's going to do. He has no political background, but we just proved to you that we can mobilize enough to get whoever we want in. Ha ha, we're gonna laugh at you for the next four or eight years. And that really disappointed me because I'm like, damn. Like even when we try to get people together to vote and do the right thing, we lost. And that, like I said, that really, really bothered me. And then having a child within that four-year span is like, damn, my child had to be born into this weird time in America. And like I said, I was very, very disappointed, almost to the point where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to vote in 2020 because, like, what's the purpose? Like, if people, if there's evil out there, evil will pull the bad guy into, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> put the bad guy in office, which is sounds intense like oh good versus evil but geez like it was that was that was bad man like what what america did was bad and that there's no reason for it well like i think i think in 2016 like 
it was, and this is just the the people that I had political conversations with at the time. Like it was more not so much putting the putting the bad guy in office, and like because I, I do agree with you that there there is the the spiteful crowd that just wanted to you know to to get a black a black person out of office, but I, I think what what compounds that is that the rest of the voting public kind of looked at it as you know is Hillary a better a better choice like that's how a lot of kind of the, the lesser of two evils is is how a lot of people looked at it so like because like I, I'll, I'll say you know like my my father like voted for Trump in, in 2016 you know and you know I, I remember sitting at the Thanksgiving table you know the the following year <laughs> And he's talking about <laughs> complaining about him. I was like, you know, you got no right to complain. You, you, you uh-huh. voted for him. Like you, you, you was part of it. And like, and so you have that, and then you have the the uneducated people, like probably the same people that voted for Kanye this year. That just says, oh, let's vote for Trump just uh-huh. to be funny, you know? Because they, because they, they, they see him as the reality star Trump, you know. So I, I think 2016, like, like to your to your point, Dre, it it, it can be looked at as disappointment, but I think it was just uh, a perfect storm mm-hmm. of, of scenarios to get yeah. someone like him. In. And and I I agree I agree with you. There are the people who went left just to just to go against the grain, and I saw some people who did it this year, th- last year too. <laughs> I said I was going to unfollow that person. Like he, he posted his ballot of him voting for for Trump and it just didn't even make any sense um uh what was I gonna say I've been drinking Jamaican rum so I'm probably out of it right now but um <laughs> but yeah there are the people who are who are spiteful oh so what I was gonna say is why not go with Hillary because we've done this in the past they're just two regular politicians the worst that's going to happen is there's going to be a few things that don't go in your favor and there's a few things that do go in your favor and then you can get them out to go extreme left or to be politically correct extreme right and go with this dude was outlandish yeah lesser of two evils like in 2004 i wasn't old enough to vote and we kind of talked about this before it was either bush or Kerry. People don't remember Kerry was running against Bush. Like you barely remember who ran against Bush in 2004. I I could care less, but it was more so I'd rather the good guy than the guy that we're familiar with who hasn't been doing a good job. Uh, and he's just a regular politician. Mm-hmm. He'll probably just be a regular traditional president who's just a you know a face in the office, and you know he'll be in the history books. Who knows what Kerry would have done as president? But that would have been what it looked like if you went with Hillary or anyone else, you know, Ted Cruz or something like that. But to go with Trump and buy in and to really sign your name and circle in next to his name meant you were committed to the buffoonery because that was a complete joke. He literally just wanted to be president to be empowered. And there's nothing we can do to take that away from him. This impeachment stuff is a joke. Uh, for those of us who don't know, impeachment just means to bring up charges on the president. It doesn't mean you're out of the office. And hence why people are like, well, what's the point of impeaching him now when he's leaving office next week? 
it doesn't kick you out of office. It just means you're going, you potentially are going to jail. But what is that going to do for us? Like that's not undoing the negative things that he's can done it, in the past four years. Can it keep him from, from, from taking office like all the perks of like, secret service, a certain amount of money guaranteed to you, like him being impeached? I'm sure. I'm sure personally. You think he cares about money? He was a billionaire beforehand. That's mockery because he didn't need the fame. He didn't need the notoriety. He didn't need the money. It was just power driven. You could never say that I was never president and. I don't know. Exactly. I. That's what I was saying in 2016. I'm like, if he does a terrible job, if he does nothing for four I was years, president. he can always laugh at y'all and be yeah. like, bruh, they picked me to be the president of the world. And he didn't cheat. As much as we want to say Germany but or not Germany, is, Russia. Nope. The, this, Fair this and square. Thing. More people this said, I want like, him to be president, which is sad. As messed up and crazy as this may sound, Donald Trump is a brand name he has golf courses he has buildings he's in movies he was on tv he was on tv every day yeah so like he had access to millions of people he was a global international well-known name so his people was like hey you could probably run and win and he was like there's no way and his people was like, here's the data supporting this statement. Like, you're already popular. You're on TV every day. And people like, because he had a show, what, you're fired or it was something. Yeah, Celebrity Apprentice. Like, people. The uh, Celebrity Apprentice. The apprentice. Crazy thing is, I never watched, not now. I'm going to bring the Florida out. Not now. And that's the I thing. Like, he had momentum. And, and like, did he know about foreign policy and the deficit and education reform and women's rights. Like, I don't think he thought to craps about those things and those topics, but his people kept pushing him along and he eventually won. So it's not radical or out of the question to be like, I can't believe he did it. He had all the data backing him to do it. And like you said, he won fair and square. And then this year, he lost by record-breaking numbers. Like he had so many people vote for him, and he lo- it was it's just crazy. Like he's a right, yeah. Even though he lost, yep. the numbers of people who voted he's, for him could have won. He's in insanely, other years. Just, he's insanely he popular. So he people lost. flock to that type of energy. They like seeing the riots and people getting riled up, and he talks from big bravado and like and people are in attracted to that so this the scary part though is the blind <laughs> following y'all not y'all but the world can say whatever they want about us y'all only voted for him because he was black and you know you go to a barbershop anywhere in america a black barbershop there's an obama picture somewhere <laughs> With him riding a horse next to Bob Marley and, and Tupac, like, like we were, we were Obama fanatics, but we held him accountable. We were like, "What are you doing about HBCUs? What are you doing about the black community? A bunch of kids getting shot in the streets. Trayvon Martin. What, what's going on?" We held him accountable, and we didn't follow him to our grave. These folks are lunatics, and he will say the most outlandish thing. And we will, and they will still follow him. Like when, um, when Obama slipped up and didn't know he was on the mic, and he had called Kanye a jackass. We was like, oh, you know, it, it caught us off guard. 
and we acknowledged it. Trump can literally say, you know, you know, I hate Mexicans. And it's just, yeah, we're cool with that. <laughs> like, like they will go to the grave for him and they'll yeah they was out there on the capitol with trump flags like i I still i don't even see no obama 08 bumper stickers no more like nobody cares anymore we moved on from that he did what he had to do but like that's the scary part is the cult following like we didn't we didn't go to the grave for obama we were happy you know jeezy had a song we was in the streets two-stepping over it (laughs) but we wasn't gonna die for him it's it's the attraction that he has because people want what he has people want to be famous people want to have power and if you don't have it and someone gives you some type of shine or a little piece of light you're gonna run to the woods fall off that's just that's just the impact he had on his following which i mean it's just crazy And, and I'm okay with picking the non-traditional politician because that's happened in the past. I mean, technically Reagan was, mm-hmm. wasn't he a governor before, but he was also an actor. Uh, but at, he did have some, some type of political um, career. But Linda McMahon, you know, she was in the WWF and then she became, was it governor or mayor or senator in Massachusetts? And now she's... Um, She's over um, small business reform or something like that. Like we we've done it before where we Look voted at in politicians. So I'm okay with of... that. And he's not even American. Yeah, he was governor in, in California. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, exactly. Austria. I mean, Trump's wife isn't even American, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, but um, but and, and we do something of that nature and we kind of talked about this before in the group why not somebody like Adam Silver I I honestly think Adam Silver would make a great president if you're okay with homeboy doing his thing for four years and not pressing the button and going the whole world then why not Adam Silver Donald Trump was on TV every day for like the past 10 years like everyone knew who Donald Trump was that's the thing like if you don't follow basketball Adam Silver gets in front of you you're going to sleep Oh yeah, but what he did, and now I know this is a small sample but, size. But well, Obama was different than any other pe- politician besides Trump. He was well like, spoken. Trump like comes in when with I some... first, like he was on them steps in Chicago. But I was in you, college. It was but, but when, did, when did you hear? When did you hear about Obama? Like, Seven. I think it was 06 when he won the Senate. And everyone was like, yo, this young upstart Obama. And then 08, and when he won the Iowa caucus, it was like, yo, this dude could actually win the whole thing. Uh, but it was 06 when he won the Senate is when and then he, he, came became the, he came to Bethune the young when upstart. He like starting his campaign trail. <laughs> and I was fortunate to actually hear him speak. Yep. And I felt like like I was like mm-hmm. in awe. Like I was enamored, like a glow. Like I felt like I was floating. <laughs> I didn't have a good camera phone back then. I was poor. So I took a picture, but it's very blurry. So there's no proof that I ever met uh, Barack Obama. But it was in the Performing Arts Center. Um, and oh, my God. Yeah, it was I had like, to get up. And, like, the line was literally the around the corner. The line was into up the to the dorm. And, like, <laughs> it was 
again, like I don't know if it was the whole he's black on black thing, but I was a journalism major, so I'm really big on listening to speeches and hearing people speak and like yes, he's prepared, he is well spoken, he's educated and all this other stuff, but to see and be in that room live when he was just running, I would have ran through a wall. Like it's just one of those things where I was like, oh my god, I was eating it up. Like I just couldn't believe this guy of this magnitude, like security, all these cop like it was crazy. And it was just it's a moment I'll never forget. So mm-hmm. he had my vote. If he would have ran six times, like I was just enamored. Like I just I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> and he he had good intentions too. See, did everything get fulfilled that we all thought or wanted? And did we like did we live out the words of if I rule the world by um by Nas? No, we didn't live out all those words, but um but he had good <laughs> intentions, but politics as usual is as another Jay-Z quote. Politics as usual, like not everything is gonna get fulfilled just because you're the man. You gotta have the house, you gotta have the Senate, and things like that. We learn, so we're doing, we're we're trying. Our generation is trying to do a better job of realizing it's not just the president. If it's a president and a bunch of people who don't agree with him in Congress, ain't nothing gonna get pushed. Right. But like, but like I mentioned with with Silver though, like to your point, I'll be like. Yeah, he the NBA knows him, but like if if you start now and he starts to reach out and say, "Oh, I'm stuck. I'm gonna start running and start appealing to the other masses," like there is something that he could do because, like, because me as a like, uh, I I can't say that I follow Adam Silver on on the NBA like that. But like, if he has the trust of all of the NBA players, like he has to be doing something right for them, for them to oh yeah, I mean, like get behind him is, as, as their champion and, and support him as a as a commissioner, right? So, so like, if if given the opportunity and the platform to speak yeah, I mean, to the masses, I'm sure you might can, find that he actually is captivating. That, that's that's what looking I'm at him versus. Um, who was the guy before him? <sighs> David Stern. Like, I guess because of David Stern David was there Stern. in 84. And, like, all those... Like, David Stern became a character. Like, mm-hmm. Adam Silver, he's just, like, a mild-mannered, right. soft-spoken guy. And I'm not saying that he can't do the job. But, like... I don't think... I, I, I'm sure he'll be a great president if he decides to run or if he does have political aspirations because he's going to have LeBron and LeBron's going to be able to sway gazillions of people and the NBA is making the most money. It's the most popular it's ever been and he's taking it to new heights and David Stern was a visionary. So I agree with you in that regard. So yes, he, he probably can flip a switch and you know win people who don't follow basketball over which you know I'm sure he'll do a good job yeah I mean it's it's a stretch and I think the biggest thing against him is he's way too progressive because even a conservative not not a conservative even someone who's a you know a liberal or so or a democrat 
wouldn't be like because he's okay with everything like oh your same-sex marriage is cool oh black lives matter we'll actually we'll put it on the court we'll sta- staple it to their foreheads like oh <laughs> like so i don't think america is that open yet <laughs> where we're just okay with everything something bad happened no biggie we'll we'll make it you know the whole world will tattoo it on our arm you know uh someone a black man just passed away we'll cancel some games like we're gonna stop the whole world and america's not ready for that yet like is he because even obama didn't do that like even he had to play both sides so that's why i feel like it's not realistic but i think with the sample size of what he's done what he's accomplished him being a he hears everyone out no matter what it is he's like all right i want to hear what everyone has to say i'm not gonna let muzzle you because this is a, a a topic that's too touchy and then what he did with the bubble you literally had a couple thousand people and nobody caught covid in the height of covid he did something right by putting that whole thing together being the visionary behind it putting it together making adjustments because if y'all remember the food was bad at one point and then he started hiring personal chefs black chefs at, at, at that and exactly and then you know a lot of that changed and then gave every employee a thousand dollar bonus uh for thanking them for sacrificing from their family and stuff and thousand may not be a lot but it's more than what the government just gave us right so but um i I think what he did with that small sample size to me is bigger than what anything trump had ever done prior to him being president and i feel like you know that's just my two cents on it he may not even be thinking about it um but i feel like if we're gonna go left and say let's just go with a non-politician because we're tired of politicians <laughs> that would be a better choice than just a radical like what they what we've done in these past four years agreed now for the final topic of tonight i watched the first episode of the tiger woods documentary and i recommend you two to watch it as well and out of the category of like infamous sports dads who would be your favorite sports dad of all time out of earl woods tiger woods father richard williams venus and serena's father jellybean bryant kobe's dad or lavar ball um lonzo and lamello and leangelo's father and if there's another infamous sports dad out there, like who would be your favorite sports dad of all time? <laughs> Joe Jackson, the father of that spot. I would, uh, I would say <laughs> Serena, and maybe it's personal because I have a daughter, um, and she has beads in her hair. <laughs> But um, but he had a vision for them. He didn't care about color. He didn't care about discrimination. Um, and they appreciated him. Like they didn't resent him. I feel like sometimes there there is eventually resentment. Um, and where he's taken them, like I think our generation right now we remember Serena. I remember that. But I remember a point where Serena could not beat Venus. I remember when Venus was like number one I don't know if she was ever number one because I wasn't keeping up that much exactly and she she could not like Serena could not beat her now Serena has taken off and like never looked back 
and that's what people now will remember but you know she's put venus in her shadow but it used to be the other way around Richard williams um but if yeah, you can, Andre, I would say go back and listen to uh, some Richard of the Williams. interviews when they had the beads. Like Richard got all up into this reporter face one time because he was trying to trip up Serena in answering the question. And like, I love the protection he had over his daughters. Like, he wasn't a professional tennis player. He wasn't rich. He wasn't taking them to some private course to learn lessons. Like. He took them to the city courts in Compton and was just drilling balls (laughs) at these poor girls. And like to sit back and to look at the fruits of your labor is like, holy crap. Like it takes a vision. And that's the best thing you said. Like he definitely had a vision. And I give kudos to all of those dads who invest the time and the energy and the dedication and the discipline. So, if I had to pick a favorite favorite sports dad that's famous, uh, right now I'm gonna have to go with Earl Woods. Like, just because I just saw the documentary and it's fresh on my mind, like there's clips from the documentary where he was on a golf course with Tiger and Tiger was two years old two years old like he started putting golf clubs in his kid's hand at 10 months like he had a vision for 21 years he knew what he was creating and the best thing about Earl Woods if you're not familiar like he was in charge of demolition like he was a trained army demolition guy he was sent to vietnam to blow shit up literally and physically and he trained his son mentally how to prepare for distractions how to prepare for like all that comes with playing golf being a different skin color and a dominated sport of people who don't look like you being able to go to clubs that won't allow you to go in like all the things you don't even think about and to see how big tiger woods was the video like he got me into golf like i was buying the video games and i never even picked up a golf club before and it was just crazy the impact he had and like now that i'm a father i'm not saying that i will also go down that path but like i commend dads that do have the resources, the time, the energy to spend perfecting their kids' crafts. And it's just, it was a tremendous documentary to watch if, again, you have time to watch it. I definitely plan to check it out. Like, because you, yep. you sold me on it. I, I was already planning on watching it. I remember. Yep the first time I seen the preview scrolling on the gram, I was like, yes, this is, this is definitely has to happen. And and I'm glad that it's happening like at a time where Tiger is still relevant. So it can cross multiple generations too. Cause like there's, there's us that like I said, grew up with, with Tiger, you know, when, when Tiger was, was everything. And, and now, you know, 
in the later stages of his career, like, you know, he's, he's, he's in contention, but he's not dominating like yep. he was. So to the people of today, they don't realize, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like looking at Jordan with the wizards, you know? Um, so, so I definitely, definitely plan to watch it and, and, and learn a little bit more about Earl and, and like, not to dodge your question, but I really can't say that I can pick a favorite because I don't, while I know of these gentlemen, I don't know enough about them and like, cause like I said, all of them had to have some sort of vision and some sort of drive to in- instill their yep. children to, to reach the heights that they have. So I'm going to say that that's probably a common trait for all of them. But like, and we kind of got into it the other day. I don't know how much, like, if any of them had any kind of abuse level to it, because there is a fine line that you have to do when you are pushing young kids to to go into these sports that way, any kind of abuse into it, because I know you were joking <laughs> when you mentioned Joe Jackson, but, you know, Joe definitely had that, and, that switch. And rest, that's my thing, like, you know, yes. I agree with you 100%. There is definitely a fine line. But I think when you have a conviction about something, I don't think you give a fuck about distractions or what other people think. Like, because I try to put myself in that situation. Like, if I have Michael Jackson in my basement and I know what he can become, do not come at me about parenting and what I should and should not do and how he can't have a normal childhood. Like, I'm creating greatness right here. Like, I'm about to give you the moonwalk. I'm about to give you Billy G. Like, I got hits for days. And, like, he's going to be a cultural icon. Like, I see it. You may not see it. You may not understand it. But, like, don't tell me that I'm too rough or whatever. Like, and yes, it's a fine line, and you don't want to flirt with that fine line. But I'm like, they were convinced that Serena was going to be Serena, Venus was going. Like, I don't want to mess with that. Like, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it's like you have to sacrifice something to get something, and. <sighs> I, I don't know if I would want Joe to be different than what he was. I don't know if I want Richard to be like, Richard used to curse reporters out. Like, he used to scare the shit out of people. And, like, he was protective of his daughters. And, like, you, you kind of need that. Like I said, like, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the protection of it. But, like I said, it, it, I, I just need to know more about, like, the behind the scenes, the training of it, like, are these kids <laughs> enjoying what they're doing? Is it forced upon them? Or, you know, that, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's where I, I need to do, do my research. Um, cause like, um, to kind of, not to switch gears, but it's kind of related. Like, uh, Shelly mm-hmm. and I just watched the, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. We just finished that. And um, like they was talking about the Russians, how like they just like they treat chess like a job and they have the kids like playing on national levels, like from whatever age and everything like that. 
and there, there's no joy in it. And um, um, so like, that, that that's my thing. I just want to make sure that the, the kid actually wants, is the one that wants to do it. And yes, you're working them hard, but it's the kid's mm-hmm. ultimate goal. They want to go that far, you know? That That's my thing, so. Um, but off the top of my head, I like to, to think of somebody else that, that probably should be in the mix. And again, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about what they did. Um, yeah. But I think you should consider Archie Manning, you know, to to have both of his boys and one to be, you know, both of them, yeah. I guess, are considered Hall of Famers. Um, but one to be one of the best of all time. Oh, I'm uh, Archie sure Manning's got to be somebody to go with that. I'm list. sure there's I'm sure plenty of them um, that board. we can't name, but I was thinking of another guy. Ken Griffey Sr., like, to play with your son in, yep. like, in LeBron's he, he gonna probably be well. one of those sports dads. I mean, he's already a sports dad, but, like, to be an influential figure yourself and then, because now it's different, like, Richard and Earl and who else did I mention? And LeVar, like, they weren't, like, uberly famous and they were like I guess somewhat successful in whatever they did prior but like to go from a normal life a normal regular house public school education and then you're raising this global icon like it doesn't get any bigger than Serena and Tiger like you mentioned their first names and you know exactly who we're talking about and Archie, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Peyton and Eli, and they both won Super Bowls, and most likely going to both be Hall of Famers first ballot. And King Griffey Jr., King Griffey Sr., like, again, like, I'm happy to see that fathers are able to take the time to work a 9-to-5, to come home, and to practice, to play catch, to run laps, to run stadiums, like, and then the fathers who have multiple kids and to do this with both of your kid, like it's just, it's commendable. And hopefully if my kids have the same passion or desire for something that they stick with it, cause it's, it's really about the discipline and the focus. Like if you're able to get them, like right now my daughter, she's in swim. And if she's able to continue this path of swim and she does it competitively. Like, this can open up so many doors that I never even really considered. Like, we just wanted to prepare her to not drown. <laughs> but for her to take a for her to take a liking right. to it <laughs> and to be successful in it, it can take on this whole new path of maybe a scholarship to college, which would be phenomenal. And, you know, and who knows? Like, not even saying that she's that good, but if she's that competitive and that interested then we're going to make sure that she's able to do it for as long as she wants and it's it's fun to be in that space of other parents watching your kid you know enjoy swimming and we'll see where it goes did we lose you Dre? oh I'm on Twitter and it looks like not too familiar it looks y'all know AOC right um, I think she's from the Bronx and she's a mm-hmm. politician in New York. I don't know if she's a representative or a senator in New York. I, I feel like she's in the House of Representatives, but she's young Latino from the Bronx. 
think you know she's like eye candy as well <laughs> but long story short it looked like she was i just saw a picture of her and she was putting her hair in a ponytail and people were like she's about to do the busset challenge <laughs> what is this what is this busset challenge you speak of i'm not familiar <laughs> It's where you drive a bus <laughs> to school. <laughs> but it's very rigorous. Thank you. Why she Thank you. And I hit with the lingo. <laughs> so be- before we... Oh, man. Bro, I was also going to say the Gronkowski. Yeah. Because didn't he have like... In the league, but it's wasn't there like three of them in the league at one point? And they're all like six feet and taller, which is crazy. Could you imagine having to feed yeah. five tight ends? <laughs> like, oh. yeah, they, they were well off. They were definitely well off. I feel like they had money, though. They they grew up with money. No. Did, did his dad play in the league? I'm sure they no, had. No, no, no I'm I sure think, they had. They have like, they're like six five and athletic. Well, I'm they're Buffalo. The like they definitely come from a well-off family. But again, to just have five boys that are all six feet and taller, like I just, I just couldn't, couldn't imagine. But before we wrap it up, I just want to like, are y'all watching any new shows that are out right now? Like. I definitely recommend Your Honor. It's on Showtime. Have y'all heard of that? Yeah, it's Your Honor on no, Showtime. You cut out there. You Brian said Your Kras- Honor? Krasman. Krasman. Yeah, Brian Krasman. Krasman? Yep. The dude from, um, it's, uh, it's on Showtime. Um, I just watched your first episode and wow I definitely recommend that and um, what's another show that I've been watching <sighs> Jamila got me watching Bridgerton on Netflix my mom said that so, one was, was good to her I can't I can't say that yeah, I didn't get it I had started watching it but I don't think she expected mm. me to watch it I think she assumed it was like a woman's okay. show kind of so she yeah, so didn't those, mind that i wasn't paying attention recommendations that i drop out there uh, that's pretty much it for me any any last remarks dre vince no fellas Oh. <laughs> oh my bad. I thought the phone had I thought the service had went out. Um last remarks. Um, <laughs> legalize it. <laughs> oh man. I think we lost Vince. But appreciate time and I will holler at y'all fellas later. Yes, indeed. First one of the year. Take it easy. Alrighty, have a good one. It was good chopping it up. Peace. Alrighty.